welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. Hallelujah! What a glorious opportunity to be together again around God's word. I am very happy for you because God has something in stock for you. Not tomorrow, but right in this service. Heaven has got a breakthrough with your name on it. Heaven has got good news with your name on it. Heaven of God has got testimony with your name on it. And it will show up in your favor in the mighty name of Jesus. Well, I'm delighted to let you know I'm still continuing in 1 Peter. Um, I'll read from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10 to 12. It says that, But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Silvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein ye stand. Well, the text we read right now is a very interesting text. Prior to that, it talks about the devil and it speaks to us about how we should resist the devil. He said, whom, verse 9, talks about how whom resist steadfast. And it shows us how we should do it in the faith. Whom resist steadfast, not temporary, not occasionally, not sporadically, steadfast, unyielding, constant, firm. That's the actual word. Firm, standing firm. Don't lose sight of the word. Standing. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. I, I know the ills of the coronavirus lockdown to many people's spiritual work. Many people couldn't stand firm in the faith. Paul said, I fought a, a good fight. I've kept the faith. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. I fought a good fight. And he says, I have finished my call. I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. In today's, uh, today I'm reading, I was reading the First Timothy chapter 1. It says that people, he said, holding fast in the faith, verse, verse, uh, verse 17 says that, now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, we honor, we uh, glory, we uh, honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. You think it's finished. Then he went to the verse 18. He says that this charge I commit to you, son, according to the prophecies which have gone on before you, that by them you might, you need the charge and the prophecies to be able to fight a, a good fight. 
We are in a war. We are in a war phase. It says that I commit this charge according to the prophecies that are uh, this charge I commit to thee, according to the prophet, uh, according to the prophecies that have gone on before thee. That by them, that I'm charging you, soldier, you can wage your good for by warfare, by the charges and by the prophecies that have gone on. Wage your good warfare. Watch this. Wage your good warfare. Now look at verse 19. Very concerning. Verse 19. Having faith and good conscience, you can't fight without faith and good conscience. Good conscience. Good conscience is a very good thing. It's a, it's a, it keeps you internally healthy. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a good conscience, you are sick inside. You blame everybody. Yeah, you complain where there's no complaint because the problem is that there's lack of good conscience. Having faith and good conscience, which watch this, some having rejected, have Concerning faith, have suffered cardinal shadow higher, suffered shipwreck. So you can't stand in faith to the end if you don't keep faith and good conscience. Now, let me go back to the text again, having verse 19 again. Look at it, I want to show you something. Because if you are not careful, you will miss something that is which is there. Is that having faith, what should you have? What should you have? Faith, only faith, faith and, you need a two, okay, faith and good conscience, which some have been rejected. What is it talking about? Faith and good conscience have made uh, concerning the, ah, they have rejected faith and good conscience concerning the faith. Now, the two faith, there are two different types of faith in scripture. The first faith is your action faith that just shall live by faith. It's action. It's what you are doing. How you believe God and you walk and exercise your faith. All right. So that is verb. The second faith is a noun. The first faith is what you do. The second one is what you know. Can you put it on the screen? Let's look at it again. Having faith. You see, you have, have faith in God. I trust in God. I believe in God. And so I will hold on firm. I will do what he says I, I should do. I will obey. I will forgive. I will love. That is verb. Having, you need that. That's the only way you can. Oh, 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 oh. That is the only way you can be saved. For by grace are you saved through faith. Not through the faith. Through faith. Which is an action word. By faith, Abraham. Not by the faith. By it, for faith, it says, it says that faith is the evidence of, the thi of things hopeful. Uh, faith is the substance of things hopeful. The evidence of things not seen. Faith, not the faith. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Uh, verse 6 says, without faith it's impossible because the guy was able to do that because he had faith. Without, so, but we, we know that without faith it's impossible to please God. No, sorry, by, verse 5 talks about by faith Enoch did not die. He just vanished. God, God took him. God said, come, 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 I need you. And how did he do that? He pleased God. But you know that you can't please God without faith. That's the verse 6. You know you can't please God. Then he said, by faith, Noah, verse 7. By faith, Abraham did. They all do, did. By faith, Abraham he also did. By faith, Sarah, verse 11. By faith, Sarah. So you can see, they all spoke about faith, faith. He jumped, verse 17. By faith, Abraham offered Isaac. By faith, 
uh, Isaac blessed. By faith, Jacob blessed. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea. By faith, they, the, the walls of, they kept the Passover, verse 29. By faith, the walls of Jericho came down. By faith, Rahab also. By faith, it says that, no, time will not permit us to talk about Barak, Gideon, something, and all these guys. We read about them previously in the, uh, Judges. Who, through faith, subdued kings. So, faith was an action. They did it by faith. By faith, action, action, action. It is different from when we talk about the faith. Second Peter chapter, um, I think chapter 1 verse 4, it talks about how my son in the precious common, verse 3, precious, precious common faith. All right. So the, the common faith, that, that, that is not talking about what you do. It's the things they are. The things, the truth we know is called the faith. So he says that Jude, verse 3, contending for the faith. Now, so you have good conscience, you, you need good conscience and do some things by faith. Because if you put these two aside, you are going to make shipwreck concerning the faith. The truth about God's word that has been delivered to us, which determines our Christianity and determines who we are. You now make a shipwreck. So when lockdown comes, you have heard, you have made the shipwreck concerning the faith. Because you left faith and good conscience. Now, make you, it, it leads people into making shipwreck of their faith. Concerning their faith, they have made a shipwreck. I know some people, you know somebody who has made a shipwreck. And normally, they, when they make shipwreck, they begin to blame everybody but them. Uh, the church is this. The church has done this. The people are like this. Uh, someone was owing me, didn't pay. Someone was, uh, and they, they didn't visit me. They didn't do that. They don't want to celebrate my birthday. And uh, you, have, you have actually made a shipwreck concerning the faith. You couldn't keep the faith. He said, I've kept no faith. The faith. <laughs> I've kept the faith. You couldn't keep the faith. So you are complaining about everything. And then he says, such ones, I'm actually teaching First Timothy, those of you who read it, thank God. He said, such are Hymenos and Philetus. They are like, that. no, you are not the first, the people are not the first ones. Of whom is Hymenos and, sorry, and Alexander, Hymenos and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they will learn, oh my goodness, that they may learn not to blast. The apostle said, I have delivered some people, they were church members, but I have delivered them to Satan. <laughs> Why? Watch this. That they may learn not to blaspheme. That means when they make shipwreck of their faith, they now start talking against the faith. They start saying all kinds of rubbish that they, at least you keep quiet and sin. You have entered into sin and now you are blasting and lambasting the church. It says that you are you will be handed to Satan. <laughs> I will hand you over to Satan. That's what the apostle said. Apostle said, I have handed, oh, this is serious. I've, had, I've delivered them unto Satan. Why? So that they will learn. They might learn not to blaspheme God. Wow. Hymenos and Alexander are two examples of people who have made shipwreck of their faith. And when they make shipwreck of their faith, they begin to castigate church, church leaders, church holy doctrines. What, what is wrong with fornication? What is wrong? All these people are hypocrites. Oh, no. No, you don't see anything wrong. So you, uh-oh. Oh, this Bible. You can't just follow every, uh-oh. 
He said, I have handed you over to Satan. Now, so Peter, in the midst of suffering, challenges the people that you can resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? Standing, oh, that's what I'm trying to preach about. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Standing firm in the faith. People who have bowed and compromised on their faith and yet believing God, praying. Pray for what? He said, Submit Submit yourself to God first before you make an attempt to resist the devil. James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit your God yourself to God. Can I say this? Please watch me. Listen, a lot of prayers, oh, there are many people praying and the prayers will not be answered. It will not be answered. Why? Because of lack of submission to God. There's nowhere in the scriptures where submission is forced. I'll repeat that. There's nowhere in scriptures where submission is forced. Wife, submit yourself to your husband. Submitting one to another. Is there? Is there submit to the governors, your, your leaders? Submit, it's, it's, it's a common theme in scripture. But there's nowhere in scripture where submission is forced. God never forces submission on people. So even when it comes to submitting to God... It's a choice. That's why he says that you want to receive the devil? No, wait. Leave it first. Go and submit to God. And then inside your submission, now from, your, from there, resist the devil. It's like you, put, you, you enter into uh, an armored vehicle or a tanker. Or is it a, no, a tank, you know, military tank. You are inside and you are blasting bridges and buildings. But you can't just go there with sword. Knife, uh, spear, and shield. No, no. Get into the tank. And you are covered. And then you can fight. You are exposed when you are not submitted to God. Wow. It doesn't matter the justification of your lack of submission. Because I was like this. Because I wasn't happy. Because it doesn't, you are exposed. You are exposed. You are not covered. And Satan will get an upper hand over you. So he says that he's looking for people to devour those whom he will devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith or firm in the faith. The Bible calls him the God of all grace. But the God of all grace, who has called you unto his eternal glory, I explained this last Sunday, the beginning is grace. We are saved by grace. We are saved by grace through faith. So by grace are we saved. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. First, uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 11. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And even in the first Peter chapter 1, it went before he started verse 2, before he started talking to them, he said, Grace to you, grace and peace to you. He introduces grace. This whole thing is, is a journey of grace. Hallelujah. Amen. Not a journey of disgrace. It's a journey of grace. Elected according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. He's talking about multiplying grace. Hallelujah. Multiplying grace. Then in the verse 10 of chapter 4, it talks about if anyone is ministers, ministers, let him do. If everyone, uh, 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 every man uh, has a gift, uh, has received a gift, even so let him means uh, 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 one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace. When you are doing do it like someone who has received, you have good steward of this manifold grace. It has many sided. So it's a multiplied grace. 
it's a more a manifold grace. <laughs> the grace of God it multiplies. You are somebody's receiving multiplying grace. Somebody's receiving manifold grace. Manifold means many-sided, complicated, multifaceted, multifarious. It's like an intricately cut diamond. Everywhere you turn, it can shine. Oh my goodness. Grace works however you That's why God said my grace is sufficient. Uh, all you need is grace. All you need is grace. My, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Oh, I need oh, my grace is sufficient. I need that my grace is sufficient. God said all you need is grace. So he says that the, if, you have, if you have ministry, do it as someone who has received the manifold grace. As of someone who is beneficial or a steward of the manifold grace of God. So chapter 1, he speaks about grace being multiplied. Chapter 4, he speaks about the manifold grace of God. And then in chapter 10 verse 10, he speaks about all grace. Is that God who it is his own? He belongs. No pastor can give you grace. Your mom can't give you grace. Even if your mom or your dad is a bishop, they can't give you grace. They can give you this grace, but not grace. <laughs> grace comes from God. And it comes through vessels. So God loads grace in, in grace. You know, when you go to a big car park. Uh, those days that when we used to pay with coins and stuff like that, play, pay, pay, a pay station or pay boots, different places, big kappa, you can pay it from any. Yeah, God also has a lot of grace stations all around, dotted all around you. Grace stations. Grace stations. And Satan, anytime you are going to pay, you are getting close to a um, pay booth. Grace station. Satan has to distract you from accessing grace. Yeah. Satan's job is to distract you from accessing grace. So by the time you realize, you are talking to somebody who has strayed from the faith and has made shipwreck and blasphemy and then begins to, you begin to believe things they are saying and it, dis, it, dis, it disarms you from accessing the grace. Because grace is accessed only on the grounds of humility. Every, anyone, God is always on the side of the humble. You can tweet this one free. God is always of, on the side of the humble. It doesn't matter what the situation is. God will always take the side of the humble. <laughs> you are arguing with your husband, your, your father, your wife, your mother. I mean, your friend, your leader. You are arguing and because what they did, listen, you want God to be on your side, humble yourself. <laughs> God will always be on the side of the one who is humble. What? But when I'm there, when I'm humble, she's taking me for granted. She said, look at how she's treated me. Look at what this guy, I come for, I come for, I come for. You want God to be on your side? 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 Yo, my neighbors, my neighbors are devils. My neighbors are devils. You want God? My auntie is a devil. You want God? My boss is a devil. You want God to be on your side? You can't fight a devil by your own, uh, uh, on your own. You need God on your side. Because if God be for us. <laughs> and you want God to be on your side? He said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. God gives grace to the humble. So, but God, is, we, sister, may I submit to you? You are surrounded by, if God wants to, if you pray and your prayer goes, God will open your eyes to where grace is, the nearest 
available grace center, grace point, or grace joint. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is what is helping me in my life. When I see grace, I notice it very quickly. When I see grace, how do you know grace? When you can see the hand of God is actually working on a person. It's undeniably this hand of God here. I just tend to turn a blind eye on their personal things that attitudes that personal I might not even like and celebrate. As long as it doesn't flout the principles of God, I can't be bothered because this person carries grace. Let me focus and tap the grace because I need the grace. And the person can't give me the grace they carry. I can't say, so you want someone to pray, declare, oh, I'm blessing you. And you know you are fake. They will try. Because they, they don't, no man has what it takes to distribute grace. God is the God of what? All grace. Or even the small one you need is still God's will. The God of all grace. The God of all grace. So, you know, grace, as I said the other time, is God as we're at work. And watch this. He said, the God of all grace, who has called you unto his eternal glory. So the beginning is the calling by grace. And eternal glory also is a, a function of grace. And in between is, as I said the, last, uh, the other day, in between is uh, perfecting you establishing you, strengthening you, and settling you. Perfecting you, establishing you, strengthening you, and settling you. Perfecting you, establishing you, strengthening you, strengthening and settling you. This is, this, these four major things happen from the calling unto eternal glory, and these are all where we begin to see the grace of God at work. The grace of God which is at work in your life will perfect you. Perfect means not making you perfect, but optimum in your life. Optimum. Productivity is optimum. You will, you will not be 40 year old and your strength is like a, a, a 95 year old person. No, that's not perfection. No. That's not perfection. You read and study and study and study and study. Even basic things, you finish studying. As soon as you close the book, you forget everything. No, you are not operating at optimum level. <laughs> I see God perfecting you. I see God perfecting you. You, 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 are, you are operating at your optimum. You are operating at your optimum. Soul, spirit, and your body. Not only your spirit, but your spirit, your soul, and your body operating at optimum capacity. Operating at optimum capacity. The God of all grace perfects you and establishes you and strengthens you. When he said, Well, therefore, whenever I'm weak, last Sunday at KP2, I taught on what grace can do for you. Therefore, whenever I'm weak, I am strong. Whenever I'm weak, I am strong. How? Because grace is strengthening you. God is strengthening you by grace. God is strengthening you by grace. God is strengthening you by grace and settle you. You cannot be moved. Settling you. And then we is called. So these are all the functions. Watch this. The functions of all grace, which is also another word for the all grace, is the true grace. True grace. It's like the God of all grace who has called you unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a little while. 
And you will suffer a little while after. Yeah. So I don't want to have to be labored already. Establish your strength in your end. Settle you. Then if, <laughs> I, I, before I move on, I, there's something I left because this is, um, uh, it's very important. Who has called you unto eternal glory? How? By Christ Jesus. By, it takes Christ to enter into God's glory. By, all these things we are talking about, outside of Christ, there's no hope for you. Say, I know you are a good person, but I didn't say he has called you unto eternal way by being good. Unto eternal glory by being good, by being nice, by being kind, by being a, a, a wonderful person. No, 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 no. He's only called us by Christ Jesus. You are either in Christ or in crisis. No middle grounds. He's called us by Christ Jesus. All these things that can happen is God is the God of all grace. And he's called us unto eternal glory. How? He called us by Christ. He's taking us to eternal glory by Christ. And he's strengthening us all through. If you go out of Christ, you can't be strengthened. And how do you know you are in Christ? When you keep the faith. <laughs> when you keep the faith. Not like I believe, I believe. No, no, no. There's a difference between keeping the faith and believing. When you keep the faith, that means you are believing the actual truth that scripture has said. Whether it's favorable or it's not favorable, that's what scripture says. And you believe it and adhere to it and accept it and want to live by it. That's what it also means to humble yourself before the, under the mighty hand of God. He says that he, was, he, is, he has called you by Christ Jesus after you suffer a little while. Perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him. <laughs> Hallelujah. To him. Hallelujah. Amen. To him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. To him be glory and dominion. How long? Forever and ever. He, he should receive all the glory. Forever and ever and ever and ever. To him be glory. To him be dominion. Authority. This is doxology. He hasn't finished what he's saying, but he could Now the thing rises to a crescendo. His, his, his description, I think when he brought in this, this whole thing about the God of all grace, who has called you, I, I, I called you unto eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, it feels like this thing is getting too strong. He says that after you have suffered a little while, the suffering is not a problem. The suffering is not, it's what God is doing with your life that matters. The suffering is not a problem. What God is doing in your life that matters. He said, oh, and grace, suffering cannot cancel grace. Grace is still working in spite of that temporal suffering. Grace is still working. So he says that the God of all grace, who has called you according to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little while, perfect, settle, perfect, establish, Strengthen and settle you. This thing was too strong. You know, it, this is crescendo. Then it moves it, it back into unto to him. Oh, I can't help this. To him be the glory, be glory. Dominion forever. Come on. When you get the depths of God's word, the automatic thing that stems out of your life is praise and glory. Oh, to him be glory. You don't need music. The thing comes. Music, it will be music in your heart. Music starts in your heart when you see the goodness of God. He said, it lifted my feet from a merry clay. Set my feet. It lifted me from the merry clay in the book of Psalm 46. It lifted me from, I said, I waited patiently on the Lord. He heard my cry. 
He brought me out of the Mariclay. Set my feet, forty rather. Set my feet upon the rock. As established, Kudaba. Did you see establish? I come here again. Anytime you see establishment, it's a function of grace. Establish my goings. Establish my goings. Look at the next verse. Kula shahadi handa. And has put a new song in my mind. When you come, when you encounter grace, song comes from your heart. Yeah. Song, he put a new song in my mouth. Even the praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear. And shall trust in them. When you are genuinely working with God, your doxology draws people's attention to God and they are careful. And so the guy speaks about this grace, this God of all grace. He has called us by Christ Jesus, established us, strengthened us, perfect us, settled us. And to him be God, to him be glory by Christ Jesus. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Then he said, Amen. So close it. But he continues. He hadn't finished. He hadn't finished. But the point he has made was too strong. He has to doxologize. <laughs> he had to just doxologize his way through. <laughs> I see somebody doxologizing, doxologizing, doxologizing. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. The God of all grace. 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 He deserves doxology. So he says that to him be all praise, glory, dominion, all, uh, all the glory. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. This is not the only place the Bible talks about to him be glory. Paul, Paul, Paul was used to doing that. That's why he had not, can you imagine, today's reading. He hadn't finished what he's saying. As he was talking, he just, he talked about his salvation, how he was a sinner. He was a chief amongst all sinners. He said, this is, um, true saying, worthy of all acceptance, acceptation, that Christ came to die for sinners, of whom I'm chief. Verse 15, can you imagine? He said, I'm a chief sinner. So being a sinner is not a problem with God. But whether you accept Christ is where the issue lies. And you can't accept Christ and still be a sinner. No, no. You can't be a saint and a sinner at the same time. You are either a saint or a sinner. And any sinner can become a saint. But a saint is certainly not a sinner. So he said that um, I was a, I, of whom I was, I was chief. chief I, must say, I was chief sinner, of whom I'm chief. Can you imagine? Then the verse 16 talks about. Nevertheless, you know, how be it? For this cause, I obtained mercy. Mercy is what cancels out your punishments because of sins. That in me first Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which you hereafter believe on Him to life everlasting. In other words, doesn't matter what you have done. He has long suffering, and Paul is an example. If Paul was saved, then anyone listening to me, and you are a sinner, you can also be saved. That's he said, I'm a pattern. I am a pattern of how Christ can save anybody because I'm a chief sinner. Then look at the next verse. After talking about this, he didn't finish. He said, Now unto the king eternal, immortal, <laughs> invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. What is the meaning of amen? I'm done. Look at the next verse. This charge commit I to you. Ah, but I thought you are done. I, I, I couldn't. Once I spoke about the way I've been saved, I, the, the automatic thing that generates from my heart is a doxology. Dox, do, do, 
I'm so safe. Oh, to him be glory. Then you say amen. You say amen and continue your writing. Ah, uh -uh. amen. Uh, technically, amen ends everything. When you finish praying, shall we pray? Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus, and all shall say amen. And now, Lord, as you no, no, we've just finished. Look, with the Bible, the last word is amen. It's finished. It's finished, amen. But these guys, doxology, when you see the goodness and the God of all grace at work, you will say amen prematurely. <laughs> and it's not out of place. It is proper. Because it will provoke doxology, which should always be endorsed by amen. So be it. I've accepted it. That's what it is. You, it, seeing the goodness, can you imagine in heaven? Bible says that in Re Revelation chapter, uh, chapter 5. They, they cast their crowns. They cast their crowns and they sang that uh, verse 9. They sang that you are worthy to, you have made us, and they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open it, uh, open its seal. For you were slain. That means you were killed, okay? Slain means killed. You were slain. Oh, let me use the word. You were killed. And, you, and, and what? And have redeemed. So this is not before Jesus came to the cross. It is after he had done the cross. That is why in heaven they are still singing, You have redeemed us by God. Uh, sorry, to God, by your blood. By the blood. Spirits don't have blood. He had to be born. Only the child of Mary can have blood. Human beings have blood. Physical, spirits don't have blood. So God needed blood. Because he needed blood, he had to wrap himself into a human womb. So he'll be born with blood. Because to take blood, to pay for your sins. Hallelujah. And in heaven, they couldn't help it. But to continue to sing about his redemption. Sing about his goodness. The God of all grace. So you have it, they were singing about redemption. Do you see how important redemption is? Redemption is crucial. Why did God allow... If, Pastor, I have a question. Why did God allow Satan to tempt Adam in the first place? Because all these things wouldn't have happened. How would we have been singing redemption song? How? Our worship would not be complete. So what Satan meant for evil, it, God uses the same thing. Because unworthy sinners, chief of all sinners, once you know you are chief of sinners, you'll be humble in church. Oh, yeah. You are so proud because you have not acknowledged the cost of your sins. <laughs> Pride is one of the signs of, I was sharing some people, signs of faithlessness. Backsliding. Right. But when you see how bad your sin is, you won't struggle to forgive somebody. Ha! I'm telling you. When you see how bad your sin is, forgiveness will not be a big issue to you. You are singing and opening your mouth loud and shouting and shouting. You still believe that you deserve what you have got from God. That's why you can't forgive others. That's why you can't forgive. That's why. But if you like, but if you know, who am I? Who am I? That you are mindful of me. That you hear me. When we are singing that song, but we don't mean it. We, also, we are singing about, I am someone, you should be mindful of me. So you should hear me. You see, that's what our, our mouth is saying. We just like the tune. But the lyrics, the condition of our heart is saying something else. You are singing and you, oh, you, you are determined this person to forgive them. The God of all grace. When you see grace, doxology will follow. When you appreciate what grace can do, you, 
You can't be gentle about it. You can't be diplomatic about it. Because grace is shocking. <laughs> when you discover grace, you'll be shocked. You'll be shocked what grace can do. Grace is shocking. And it makes you humble. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show. And the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.